0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, the texts are aligning themselves quite nicely this week, this week of call day. We have a gospel reading in which Jesus takes Peter out of the fishing business for good and puts him into the pastoral. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. Presumably the fishers of men metaphor lost its lasting impact because Jesus just went back, Peter just went back to fishing. So, forget fishing, let's deal with sheep. And then there's that reading from Revelation 5 with the scroll that's sealed with seven seals. Now, I don't know how many seals were on your call document. But coincidence? I think not. And now today we have the conversion of St. Paul in which the resurrected Lord Jesus calls Paul to be my chosen instrument. Could there be a more timely or appropriate text for this Thursday after call day? Now, we could translate it in various ways. A chosen instrument, a vessel, a thing that is used by someone for something. But outside the theological context, to be an instrument for someone else's purposes, to be a tool, a mere means to an end, is not viewed too favorably. So, for example, Yosemite Sam was using an elephant to chase after Bugs Bunny until Bugs Bunny wound up a toy mouse and then the elephant used Sam His newly chosen instrument to play whack a mole on a mouse. Now that's funny to me, but in real life, being used isn't that funny. Often it is to be devalued, to be a pawn, a dupe, a hostage, someone to be discarded when the job is done. But let's return to the theological context. I'm not so sure it's that much better. In the Bible, God can use people and nations as tools for his purpose with apparently no regard for the tool. Pharaoh was hardened by God in order that God could show his glory in smiting him and the rest of the Egyptians. Or one of Dr. Robbie's favorite images from Isaiah... Assyria is like an axe in the hand of God used to punish Israel, but now that he's finished, lousy axe, and he throws it away. Or even worse, as Dr. Seleska has pointed out in a sermon that some of you have read for Lutheran Mind, the God implied in Psalm 135, verse 6, whatever pleases the Lord, he does, sounds like a God who can pick us up like a plaything, and do with us whatever he wants. And even Acts 9, being an instrument, doesn't sound that promising with the foreboding words of suffering. And so now, faced with the challenges of ministry, such a view is enough to lose heart. Yet Paul views things differently. When you look at this text and what Paul says and does in it and in the rest of the book of Acts, and then look at the writings of Paul himself, it becomes clear that it makes all the difference in the world that he is an instrument of the God who has revealed himself in his son, Jesus. It makes all the difference in the world that the purpose for which he is chosen is to bear his name. It is Jesus, the one that Paul persecuted, the one who was crucified for sin, the one who is risen from the dead, the one who is the Christ, that is using Paul. And he would never get over it, never get beyond it. That the God which he thought he was serving, he was in reality persecuting And that the God he was persecuting had chosen him to be his instrument, to bear his name. Like one untimely born, he says, unworthy to be called an apostle, chief of sinners though I be, a persecutor of the church of God. But, he who called me by his grace... ...was pleased to reveal his son to me... ...in order that I might preach him... ...to the nations. His call to faith... ...and his call to be an apostle... ...are for Paul inseparable. Now, we Lutherans love distinctions. But when being used... ...threatens to dishearten... ...what a wonderful mixture... ...in Paul's thinking... To be a chosen instrument of Jesus is to be the object of God's grace and love. And then all of Paul's thought we can see flows from this. Since an instrument does not exist by itself or for itself, but it receives its identity and its purpose from the one who wields it, Paul can no longer identify himself apart from the Christ who has called him ...who has seized him, who uses him, who lives in him, and who justifies him. It is not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live is by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. This is the treasure which he bears as Jesus' chosen vessel... Who cares about the vessel, just a jar of clay? It's that treasure, the light of the gospel contained therein, that matters. Who cares about the messenger, an apostle, an angel from heaven? It's the message, the truth of the gospel of Jesus that matters. Who cares about the instrument? Well, remarkably, God cares. And throughout his writings, Paul marvels that he is not just a means to an end... ...but he is the recipient of the very same grace that he proclaims. He is baptized into the very same Jesus whose name he bears. And he's sustained and made strong in the very sufferings of Christ... ...which he shares on account of the gospel. And so all of this, of course... ...is not only true of Paul as an apostle... ...but in every way... ...true of each of you. It's true of the whole church. We instruments of Jesus... ...ministers of His grace... ...ambassadors of His salvation to the world... ...are, thanks be to God... ...recipients of the same. Called and brandished... And lifted up and sustained by this very same Jesus who was offered up for our sins. And raised for our justification. Baptized into his name, we bear his name to the nations. Paul summarizes it well in 2 Corinthians 4. Since we have received this ministry, just as we have received mercy... Therefore, we do not lose heart. So, is this conversion of Paul a Thursday after call day text? At least, and the promise of so much more. In the name of Jesus, Amen.